0: Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. back ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the film stage show the movie review podcast for the Filmstage.com. as always i'm your host brian j rowan with me today we have michael snydell hello bill graham hello. and from our Roma episode returning guest monica castillo hello how are you today
1: i'm great i'm so excited to talk about the new toy story
0: i am too this is going to be amazing. So, uh, as Monica said, we're here to talk about Toy Story Four, the newest film from Pixar Studios. Uh this one directed by first time feature director Josh Cooley. And um with all the usual stars, I'm not gonna waste time talking about that up front. Because we got but stuff to get through. It's been almost
2: ten years though, hasn't it? It's been like nine years, yeah. Yeah, two thousand five or or no. What <laughs> No, I can count. Never well, mind. What year do you Ignore think it that. is? <laughs> 2012. 2012, all right. Wait, that's wrong too. Uh, keep going.
0: Michael is having a small stroke and we will power through. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Film Stage Show. Facebook, The Film Stage Show. Email us, podcast, at Filmstage.com. Find us on iTunes and give us a comment and rating. And, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash Show to give us your money and become, of our sp- become part of our Slack channel. So that you can uh, interact with us directly, because people want that for some reason. But um, great conversations, interesting conversations happening in there all the time, and not only that, but you get first crack at all of the raffles that we do on the film stage if you uh, become a patron here. So again, that's
2: Patreon.com/slash/TheFilmStageShow.
0: We are was also a good Star Wars
2: conversation. Uh, speaking of recent stuff on the
0: Patreon side. Someone just asked, I, I like ducked in just to make two jokes, so I missed most of it. But someone asked, what movie would you most want to be seen remade as a Star Wars movie? And I said, Shame and the Tree of Life.
3: Of course, that's on brand.
0: That is, that's my brand. Yeah, pretty much. Um, did did anyone else say anything interesting in there, Michael?
2: Um. Yeah, you should have... I, I should have had this ready, but yeah you uh, brought it up ta, 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 ta. I don't know, I think there was just uh I, I liked how much people then took that took it upon themselves to talk about Malik.
0: Oh, well yeah, I mean, I can always swing the conversation back to Malik anyway, if you would like to be part of these awesome conversations again, go to patreon.com slash the film stage show. We are also brought to you by MUBI, the online streaming cinema. Or every day their curators bring you a brand new film for you to enjoy. There is some awesome stuff going on on there. I want to highlight one thing. They've got their What is an Auteur series going on. And so they um, have got Steven Soderbergh on there. And usually they do like two movies to kind of like contrast, you know, them at different periods in their life. But for this, they've chosen his two Che movies. The Argentine and Gorilla. Which just feels that's that's weird, right? <laughs> like it's great that you're able to see those both in the same place, but they they kind of chose probably by necessity his two most similar movies.
2: I have I, I never knew that it's been separated in, in any way. I've always seen it as one film. <laughs> no, I've
0: I feel like I've only ever seen it separated. But anyway, okay. there's a bunch <laughs> of other great stuff in there too. For instance, Abbas Kiristami's like Someone in Love. They've got um, a series, Hitchcock Talkies, going on, where you can see some of Hitchcock's earlier films. For instance, Blackmail from 1929 and Murder from 1930. And then I want to talk about the film of the day as part of their Competing at Oberhausen series. It's it's by Mark Oliver from 2018, and it's called Elvis Strung Out. And the synopsis is as follows. Disguised as a straightforward promotional music video, an iconic 1970 performance by a messianic Elvis Presley is transformed by editing and music into a dark meditation on addiction and the hollowness of celebrity culture.
2: That, that, sounds, sounds, <laughs> that sounds great. It also says wicked pelvis moves in the thing I'm reading. So that's it's And it's, uh, uh, it's five it's minutes related. long.
0: So, oh, wow. check it out. That sounds pretty freaking awesome. It is a movie exclusive. You can only see it on MUBI. Uh, I'm going to look at it. It's going to be great. Um, so, for a free 30-day trial, go to MUBI.com slash FilmStage. Again, that is MUBI.com slash FilmStage. And that is it for the stuff up front. So, the time has come. We can finally talk about the movie that has sparked a thousand think pieces featuring the character that has sparked A Thousand Nightmares and A Thousand Hopes and Dreams, Forky. That, of course, is Toy Story 4, directed by Josh Cooley, starring Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Annie Potts, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Jordan Peele, Keanu Reeves, uh, Christina Hendricks, and, of course, the amazing comedic force that is Tony Hale as the voice of Forky. Here is the trailer. Everyone, Bonnie made a friend in class. Oh, adorable. she's
2: already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. I want you to meet Forky. uh Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Ah. <gasps> He's a spork. Yes, yeah, I know. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, we have a situation. I am not a toy. I was made for soup, salad,
3: maybe chili and then the trash. free Buzz, we've got to get
0: Forky. All right, so that's the opening of the trailer for Toy Story 4. This film finds Woody, Buzz, and the gang having to deal with the fact that their new owner, Bonnie, has created a new toy for herself. His name is Forky. He is a spork, and he does not believe that he should be alive. <laughs> <laughs> this is a children's movie. <laughs> so is they it,
3: have to. Is it...
0: they have to watch after him, try to make sure nothing happens to him. And uh, they go on a bunch of hijinks and meet friends new and old. So let's see what we thought of Toy Story 4. As always, we'll begin with our nutshell thoughts and then move on to the spoiler section. Monica, what did you think of Toy Story 4?
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, You know, I actually kind of appreciated that it didn't uh, emotionally destroy me uh some of the other uh, toy stories have in the past so this one just felt like light fun even though yes there's a little bit of an existential crisis in the middle of the movie uh i thought that they took some of the characters in really interesting new directions and they actually brought in some new you know issues and things that to deal with and i'm sure we'll we'll hash all these out momentarily but yeah there were a lot of new things to to look at in this in this universe that we think that we've seen all of it and i know there was i was really skeptical coming to the fourth one i'm like no the trilogy is perfect as it is why would you add another one and then i i've now seen it twice and i've enjoyed it both times so i'm on the pro like let's keep this one this will it's okay it's good
3: all right bill graham yeah, so I don't know why this movie fucking exists, but other than that, I fucking love money. Um, That's like a meta, I... <laughs> a meta commentary on Forky, right? <laughs> sure, sure. But, uh, it is trash. Um no, I I really fucking enjoyed this movie. Um I loved it from beginning to end. I had no reason to want this movie. I had no reason to like this movie. Uh Toy Story 3 was a perfect ending and then they gave us this and I cried my ass off. So, um yeah, I really enjoyed this. I love Bo Peep as a central figure in this film um i just really really dug it and uh fuck all the key and peel haters they are necessary in this film like, and are they there are haters oh they are there are oh yes
0: yeah. that's the craziest thing i've ever heard all right <laughs> ducky and bunny forever um yes yeah right god i that 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 they
3: are attached it's amazing that has like derailed me <laughs>
0: That's that's the craziest thing that I've ever heard. Um, now, uh, let's meet one probably. Michael Snydel,
2: <laughs>
0: hater of joy and all that's wonderful.
2: What did you think of Toy Story Four? No, I I, I I like this one. I I, I think I, I'm going back and forth on Bill's question about whether this thing should exist. I think in a way it both validates and invalidates its purpose. Like. Just um, building on what Bill and Monica have already said, I, I I was surprised how different this felt from the other ones. I, I mean, there's a specificity here that I don't, you know, I I watched uh, all three of them uh, last week, and um, th- there's a specificity of, of, about, like, purpose and what, like, why a toy exists beyond just, like, being an object <laughs> that someone can hold <laughs> here <laughs> that I, I was kind of really surprised and, and moved by. Um, and yeah, Bo Bo Peep is a, she gets a wonderful revamp here. Um, I, I do think at times it's going to be a weird comparison, but it reminded me at times a little bit of um, not in quality, but of, the fourth season of Arrested Development in the sense that I felt like there was very few times where everyone was able to be together. And I mean that in the sense of an animated film, in the sense that there's a lot of classic characters here who don't get a lot of dialogue. I mean, understandably someone like Don Rickles passed, um, you know, but then Estelle Harris or uh, Rex played by uh wall, Sean, like, They have such minimal parts, and it's just weird how much this is really kind of a – somewhat of a solo venture for this. And that's not a bad thing, but it was honestly surprising. Um, So yeah, I like like this. Uh, We'll talk in spoilers about some arcs. Some things just didn't hit quite as well as it had for – uh f- for me in the last in the other movies and um yeah i i still kind of wish it ended with toy story 3 but this is a good movie <laughs> and uh and duke kaboom is really adorable and yes. uh is, is very entertaining what are your um, thoughts on ducky and bunny i think ducky and bunny are are good um i think their running joke is is really good uh just because I'm also a misanthrope. So that being their solution for everything was was just wonderful. <laughs> All right, good. Glad to hear it. Um Plus Key and Peel is just great. I'm not going to say anything bad about Key and Peel even if I didn't yeah. like him in this movie.
3: <laughs> there we go.
2: I um <laughs> I I have to say this is probably their like
0: second best um team up in an animated film outside of Storks. Oh my gosh!
1: (laughs) Wow, you really reached for that one.
0: No, because in storks, they're two wolves who are like partners and talk a lot about stuff, and are equally as. I feel like the animators just are like, okay, if you two just want to riff for three hours, we'll pull out the best parts and
2: we will animate them. Uh, Monica,
3: Brian has an irrational love for storks that it is I don't fully own. irrational. Ah,
1: so this is a running thing, okay? Because I'm like, I don't yeah, no, sure. remember anyone else talking about this, but sure.
0: No, no you, one talks about off. storks, and that is uh, one of the many injustices going on in this world of ours. Um, yeah,
1: they the storks, then.
0: <laughs> storks oh, is a great movie. Um this movie is also a great movie. I quite enjoyed this. Uh, when I first heard that there was going to be a Toy Story 4, I was not upset. I was disappointed. and yes. Really working on my dad muscles. And <laughs> then, <laughs> then the first teaser came out. Yep. And it was, if you all will recall, all of the toys that we know and love holding hands in like a daisy chain kind of circle, just
2: like prancing. Mm-hmm. And I think it was I, evil. <laughs> it was evil. Uh, yeah. though, no, I mean, in the way that it was tugging at those nostalgic
0: strings. <laughs> and I felt, and I hated it. And I was like, oh, this is bad. But then in pops Forky and I'm mm-hmm. just like, what on earth is this thing? And then he screams like, who am I? Or like, I don't belong here.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I was just like, oh, My God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I can't wait for this movie. Um, Which lets you know that even in this uh, broken, cynical world of ours, sometimes you should put your faith in certain people. And uh, the artists at Pixar are one of those people. Uh, This movie is very moving. I don't think it's as nakedly, emotionally targeted as a lot of their films can be. (laughs) I think that um, it spends a little more time on slapstick. I think that it's kind of uh, retroactive empowerment of bo peep is actually very well handled um which is something that we've seen other movies kind of fail at doing so Mm -hmm. love that and i think that uh bunny and ducky are hilarious additions duke kaboom is awesome and the, the 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 enemy that they have created in this movie for the toys takes bits and pieces of like Every enemy that they have come across before, but combines them in a very interesting way that I found to be uh, really uh, challenging and, and quite uh, effective.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, just in general, like, aesthetically, I mean, again, leaps and bounds forward. This This movie is just fantastic looking. And I was just looking at it and I was like, it is crazy how much these toys look like toys. Like, they're... <laughs> They are realistic to a degree that is strange, almost like it, it. It's like hedging on disconcerting, but there's still enough of a cartoon quality to keep some going. But it's it's just it's every every Pixar movie. Like, what is it? Who are the people that do, do sing and all that? Like, is that Blue Sky
2: Illumination? That
0: might be Illumination. All of their movies look the same. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they don't truly appear to be trying they They seem to have keyed in on the concept of making money off of low expectations, and Pixar is sitting here, and they could rest on their laurels with this movie because it's toy story, and you know how much more real can toys look, but their environmental work, their lighting work everything like they got the most expressive faces in this movie on a bunch of toys it's it's really good.
3: Well, th- there's a there's the opening sequence, and I, I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, where Woody, in particular, like gets rained on, and it looks so good, mm-hmm. like like just like a wet toy, and you're just like, I know exactly what that looks like, and I mean at this point, what they probably have done is they've literally created these toys in real life. And then just run them through the ringer and then just, you know, photograph them and are like, okay, how do we render that? You know? Uh, But it looks fucking real. And I was just (laughs) like, wow, this is incredible. So it's gotten to the point where they've strayed away from the uncanny valley of like trying to actually animate um, humans. But, Everything else has gotten so photorealistic that it's it's almost disconcerting.
2: Humans used to be real ugly. I'm just telling <laughs> you. Watching the original Toy Story last week. Ooh, oh yeah, they have not aged well. No, I I,
3: I, I think
0: fine. <laughs> I think I've avoided the original Toy Story because I'm like I can't see Sid.
3: <laughs> yeah. No. The the texture is Aww. very very basic. Very basic.
1: Right. But it's you know the historical context. It's that mm-hmm. was such a great huge leap at that time, and then the reason yeah. why we have all these photorealistic, kind of looking toys is because we had to start with these box figures and these rough circles of you know, yeah, what,
3: what characters
1: heads and things like that.
3: What took them forty-eight to seventy-two hours, I'm sure, to render, we can now do mm-hmm. with a, a Snapchat filter within seconds. Right, like know? we've got right. procedurally
0: generated stuff in video games and whatnot now that that puts yeah. that to shame. And I'll say, even with that in mind, like, but the writing has always been there, the storytelling has always been there, and the yeah, you've darkness. always cared about these characters. Yeah. Like the well, darkness has always been there.
3: Like shout out shout out to the first movie and it's eighty two minute runtime, I believe.
1: So oh, that's, yeah.
3: that's just gunning for my life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, this one's at like a firm one hundred and Bill is like, Guys, you're pushing it. Yep,
3: yeah, getting close getting But you know close. what?
0: There was no thirty minute long frozen short in front there of this. So
3: and I did want to mention that what the fuck is going on? Why didn't they have a short in front of this movie? I'm not complaining that it wasn't frozen 30 minutes of whatever the fuck that thing was (laughs) that I still have not watched because I was smart enough to read reviews and like just wait outside the theater while that shit played and play on my phone. Um, (laughs) But like, why isn't there a short attached to this? That's so weird.
0: I still I still I still sometimes listen to myself ranting against that frozen <laughs> short. That might be egotistical, but I think I'm pretty funny. And I just remember the poor confused family in front of me who turned around and we had to like cobble together, you know, English and Spanish to be able to talk to each other so that I could tell them, "Yes, they were in the right theater." Oh. <laughs> it felt so bad cuz they were very clearly confused. They're so, like, "Is this uh Coco?" And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah th- th- it's a. Uh, this is just something terrible that we have to endure first.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this What's is the shame a trial is that, that we'll...
3: Coco is so good, and <laughs> maybe, maybe it is possible that maybe because uh, Coco is the last Pixar film, if I'm not mistaken. No, Incredibles like... two. Okay, which yeah. had Incredibles in front of two. It? Oh, I have bow. Okay. I was gonna say maybe maybe it was Coco that kinda taught Pixar a lesson to not like add things in front of their movies or at
0: least 30 minute things. People generally love the shorts that happen before these. So like
3: it's the the stupid. Just not 30 minutes of them. Well, it's it's funny because like like a smart ass, like I leaned to my girlfriend as like the Disney thing played and I heard music in the background and I was like, remember, this is a short. And then It it fucking wasn't a short. It was the movie. And I was like, well, I feel like an ass.
0: Bill got schooled.
2: This is just. That'll uh, teach you to
0: mansplain
3: Disney movies.
0: (laughs) I was. Okay. I'm so happy you said that because I had that in the chamber, but I was like, no, no, no. Let Monica get it if she wants it.
3: <laughs> it was, it was like, rough. wait, did you, did you
1: really actually tell your girl that there was going to be a short in front of a Pixar movie?
3: Yeah. Cause I didn't know if she knew. She's she- ever seen a Pixar movie. <laughs> uh, you know, you just never know. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. She's just,
1: missed the last, I don't know, 20-some-odd years of, like, Pixar. It's fine. You got
3: it. You got it. The next 40 She's minutes of this Monica. podcast
0: will be all of us just beating up on
3: Bill. I deserve it. I deserve it. It's all good.
2: Did you all know that all <laughs> frozen was actually pulled from theaters? Yes.
1: After Coco? the first
2: week, yeah. 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 I didn't know that. I wasn't yeah. lucky enough to know that. <laughs> people wow. hated it so much that they were
0: like okay i'm sorry like it's gone
1: well i remember reading some of the reports out of mexico because coco opened i think the week before in mexico and people were complaining like they were trying to put this white movie in front of the movie that everyone was coming to see
3: yeah not a, not a good it's look amazing i remember that
0: and I, I remember people bringing that up and being like, so are they just so nervous about a movie about a not-white person that they're putting this in? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, you know, like, that feels like it could be
3: true, but that's also just so extreme. Like, it's just... <laughs> that feels so not like the, like the Pixar money machine that it is that well, they I would think be that's, concerned.
0: That's Disney throwing their weight around, where they were just like, look, we want a lot of people to see this. We're worried that white people won't go... Mm. here's frozen and then i just god bless the rancor of every audience member who got them to pull it because dear god yes um unfortunately you know you still got to sit through the kids films with all their trailers first
3: which Mm -hmm. is always included trolls which was delightful Ooh. because there was a, a kid behind me that had clearly seen probably trolls like 80 times. And like as soon as the music started playing, he was like, oh, It's a trolls movie. And then like the trolls came up and I was like, Good job, kid. <laughs> like, I I Wait, did you mansplain to this kid too? <laughs>
0: you turn around, and you're just like, remember, kid, it's just a trailer. <laughs> what I'm was there was a up. there were a couple of really terrible <laughs> there were a couple of really terrible trailers one of them was for something called like arctic rescue or something i don't know i just you know i love i love kids really movies, I
1: saw, yeah I, like, I i looked out and watched toy story 4 at like a smaller theater so the amount of trailers beforehand were like almost none
0: Oh, it it just kept happening.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, no, I think someone figured it out. It was like it's usually it's. Well, I used to work at a Regal. I used it's usually about twenty minutes of trailers before a movie.
3: Yeah, and I even I usually usually just go ahead and say it's going to be start about fifteen minutes after the movie. Yeah,
0: I'm the type of psychopath though. I can't not be there at the start time, even with (laughs) even to get a good seat. Well, even with the pre-bought ticket, with the seat number and everything. Oh, okay, I can't I'm still you, like I, I. was sitting. <laughs> I was sitting in my car, and I was like, you know, you could just play Tetris or something for 15 minutes, because you, you know those kids' movies trailers are not going to be perfect. And I was like, I can't do that.
3: You don't want <laughs> to be the guy that's like finding his seat while like in between trailers when it's dark.
0: Yeah, no, that would be terrible. Um. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to Toy Story. (laughs)
3: <laughs> i can't
0: think of a proper way to segue us back so i'm just gonna do a
3: hard stop this has been the short before toy story that we weren't given
0: <laughs> oh wait okay Jeez, so almost as <clears throat> long too
3: <laughs>
0: i do don't
3: cocoa us
0: <laughs> i'm not sure if, how much we want to spend on the um on the upfront and if we just want to jump into spoilers or something because this is one of those movies that everyone who's interested in it has probably seen already Um, I have a story about getting spoiled on this
1: movie.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. In the most insane way, perhaps. Like, the most unthinkable way. The the way that I never in a million years would have thought of, but it happened. Now I will never be able to think of it in any other way. So, before we get into spoilers, I just want to say, I took my daughter, who is going to be three this Saturday, to Barnes & Noble for a book reading, coloring thing so i could like buy her some presents while she was distracted. <laughs> so i i get there and my friend is there with his daughter and his daughter is a little older than mine so she takes my daughter by the hand and they go sit up front and they're getting read a picture book about Toy Story 4. And what? and i'm i'm sitting there and i'm like okay, you know, Toy Story 4 and they're like and then, you know, Woody and Buzz and four, and like i was talking to my friend and i was sort of was paying short- attention and i was like oh my god is this the movie (laughs) and i was like that can't be and then she gets to like a big thing that happens in the movie and i was like that is way too screwed up and dark to be something that was created specifically for a children's book that this has to be the movie and sure enough it was wow so now i'm gonna be afraid of children's books for the rest of my daughter's (laughs) life (laughs) Because she might be super excited to see like Toy Story 5 and she'll be like, oh, look, dad, a book. Can we get it? And you can read it to me tonight. And I'll be like, no, after the movie.
1: Yeah, it's like those novelizations, you yeah. know, of, of movies. It's it's just the movie in book form.
0: And clearly, like, it cut out some of these stranger, like, uh, existential things. So there was still a lot to enjoy and, and discover. Did but George like me. he
2: said, he was trash.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Were the dummies like prominently featured?
0: Yeah, it was. Um, it was primarily everything that happened in the antique store. Mm,
1: Dang. God, okay. Jesus.
0: I know. Yeah. Uh, I know.
1: Kind of the whole a plot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was <Yeah>. deeply unhappy, <laughs> and I I brought it up with my friend. Cause he had been we had been looking around this children's section and it was like they have like a children's picture book version of Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so of uh, course it. we open it and flip to the last page and it does have them committing suicide. So that was weird. Spoilers.
1: Kind of hard to like change that though.
0: Right. But I was just <laughs> like, so why do it at all? Like who what child is it gonna be like, oh look, Romeo and Juliet, let's sit down and we'll read this at bedtime. And like it it wasn't even like and then they both went to sleep forever. It was like the poison courses through his veins.
3: Oh, It's a little bit more disruptive. Oh, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So how does Nomeo and Juliet cause end? Because <laughs> that is just... a children's movie.
0: Yeah, but I don't think yeah. it follows that that much. Um
3: not true to Shakespeare.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Not true to I'm the just, source material.
3: I'm I'm just I'm just checking because we did go from picture books describing suicide and poison coursing through veins and i was just yeah. like you know they made a movie
0: but so <laughs> yeah. i i turned to him at some point i was like dude i think this book just spoiled this fucking movie for me and of course yes i did say exactly those words in the children's <laughs> section of a barnes and noble <laughs> <laughs> and he's like no because like the other book that they read was about forky like helping a bunch of other craft toys to accept their their toyhood. He's like, that's oh, not going to be in the movie, right? So, like, maybe the other one's not going to be in the movie. I was like, I think I just got spoiled on this stupid fucking movie, man. <laughs> and I, and I, like, texted him the second I was out, and I was like, they done it. They, they goddamn did it to me. They spoiled the movie for so, me.
3: So, you double spoiled him. No, because he wasn't paying
0: attention because he was reading the um, Romeo and Juliet book. Okay. So, uh, I was about to say, because you just, you
1: that's just where you away. went wrong. You should have been following along Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. I
0: should have. Also, um, last thing I'll say about being in this children's book section, a staggering number of young, of children's novels, not even young adult, legitimate novels for children about the refugee crisis. <laughs> what?
1: Oh, this... Some hard hitting literature, man. Oh,
0: man. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so Toy Story 4.
1: <laughs>
0: um, I think we should just get into spoilers. I think yeah. that's the easiest way to talk about this movie and its themes. I would like to start off uh, with a question that Michael tried to ask us before we even started recording.
2: Before I was shushed. (laughs) (laughs) Because you were
0: wasting good conversation. So Michael Snydell, what was the question that you wanted us to answer?
2: I, I expected Forky to be popular, but he has blown up to an extent that I was not expecting. Were any of you expecting him to be a breakout the way he is?
1: No, not from the early art or anything like that. I just thought it was very strange looking. And I'm like, maybe this is the first sign that this
3: movie is really going to go downhill.
1: And then it <laughs> ended up working and it's now caught
3: on. So I, I have a fun story. but Go ahead, Mike or Brian. Sorry.
0: Yeah, I just, I'll just i quickly say like I, when I first saw Forky, I said he's either going to make or break this film. And if he makes it, <laughs> he's going to become like the new Bart Simpson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I was right.
3: <laughs> okay. So, um I have kind of a little bit of an obsession with sporks. And so, um I think they are the perfect eating utensil. They are both spoon and fork combined. Um I have two titanium ones. I I say titanium with like air quotes. I'm sure it's like plated, but anyways, they're super light. Um they're great. I use them all the time. My girlfriend gets really annoyed because anytime I like sit down for dinner or lunch or whatever whatever we're eating, I'm like where's my spork? Where's my spork? Where's my spork? <laughs> And she's like it's over there. Go get it. Like she She's learned not even to bring me like regular silverware at this point. She's just like, "Go get your fork or spork and uh so, as soon as I found out that forky was in fact a spork, I was immensely excited. I was like, yes this is this movie is me i am I am forky, and uh she was making fun of me like before the movie had started and she was like what do you think about him being called forky instead of sporky and i was like well she's a child like i don't expect her to understand the difference between a spork and a fork and a spoon so he's kind of a forkish figure so fine so yeah um all that going uh being said uh the fact that a spork was a central figure throughout this entire film brought me immense joy. Um, I'm very glad that they didn't like break him, but I'm also glad that he also had some small commentary on like his usefulness being like multi, multi-dimensional Soup, um, salads
0: and maybe chili. <laughs> yes.
3: And then, and then being thrown away like a, like a, a regular disposable fork or spork. Um, now, now I have, myself saying that too so but yeah so that's that's my fun little story about me i love sporks and uh yeah so bill was on the (laughs) vanguard is what he's saying (laughs) he was an
0: early sporky stan forky stan he
1: was an early adopter on forky (laughs)
3: yes
0: mother of god
3: so (laughs)
0: I'll just say up front that like immediately upon watching this movie I was like oh my god the toys are parents and the children are their children and Forky is now like their more immediate obvious child. Mm-hmm. And um I think that in that way and the way that it explores that the movie actually justified itself to me a lot more because the way that the movie ended previously you know the third movie ended was like they are a utilitarian object that, like, desires love. Mm-hmm. But this movie leans a lot more into the concept of, like, your job is to be there for this child and to help them to sure. grow until they no longer need you.
3: Well, and and the whole idea of, like, A, there's some, there's some gender things going on, uh, transgender things going on, potentially, if you want to read into it that much, into a children's film that features a spork named forky um or you can also read into it that um all of the uh misfit toys the lost toys are basically parents without children that they've you know either chosen to be that way or have lost children or they've graduated or whatever it may be and so they're just like shit like this isn't that bad it's a you know? swinging
0: Sarasota retirement community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I also like the idea that this movie, because I'll be honest, even as a child, one of the first things that I thought when I watched the Toy Story movies was I don't think Bo Peep technically counts as a toy. She appears to be part of a link. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, this getting, is getting where real my is. <laughs>
0: I was like, now clearly she can become detached from this lamp because he's playing with her and she's the damsel in distress. But like, it just feels weird that she is being given the sole object animation of a toy. And this movie, I think, goes a long way towards explaining that and and deepening the concept of what a toy is and what makes a toy, which as a, uh, in in this world is a long way about saying like what makes a parent or like a best friend and who those people can be
3: well it's interesting because you never really like in the first film she doesn't have this porcelain doll like Kind of sheen to her, or the sounds. Uh huh. And so, like, you would be or you would be forgiven if you just thought she was just a normal toy. And so, the fact that they give her that porcelain sheen in this film, I think, speaks volumes to them being like, yeah, she's not really a normal figurine in the sense of like. She doesn't have Bindi joints, and she doesn't have you know, like she she is a little bit different, right? in mm-hmm. in her In her fragileness at one point, and then you know, just the way that she looks, and part of that is, of course, the advancements and technology. But part of that, I think, really kind of hones back and like focuses in on the fact that this film answers like what happened to Bo Peep. And, you know, what kind of future she could have outside of being a lamp, (laughs) Well, which is scary.
1: If I may jump in here. Absolutely. Only because, like, porcelain dolls, some of them are toys. Some of them you can't play with them. And I actually have a few when I was growing up. Um, They're a little thicker. They're not, like, so delicate. But it's kind of like, actually, when you see her arm come off. Mm-hmm. And you see, like, it's a really hard, like, um, kind of coarse white material or whatnot. That's that's what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I I may have broken a dollar, too. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you tape it my up? Day. Did you tape the arm back?
1: You know, I saw some really interesting feedback on that, where, like, they, they actually really liked that she kind of had a disability and was still very active and mobile. And that was just, mm-hmm. like, a part of her. Yeah. Um. So that was yeah. That was interesting. Um. But no. And I really liked what they did with her character, just in general, and really kind of leaning into like her being a woman who chose to not have another kid, or mm-hmm. to find another kid, or wait around for that next kid. Um. And there's, I, I. This is definitely like a movie made for millennial parents, and some of the conversations that I've had with my friends, and
3: mm-hmm. and
1: things I've read and all that kind of stuff. And it was really interesting to see all those different, you know, discussions about, because obviously Woody is very dedicated. He has his beliefs and they're very hardcore and central. Then he kind of shares that with Gabby Gabby, who has her own kind of warped sense of what it is to be there for a kid. But they both share like, it's, it's a very noble thing. Like it's the most normal, noble thing a toy could do. Mm -hmm. And then here's Bo Peep, who has a completely different take on that. And she you know, she had her kid and that was fine. And now it's time for her to be on her own. She's well, yeah, not lost. <laughs> she,
0: she kind of realizes like I have, I did that. I fulfilled that purpose. Sure. With and Molly. I wasn't necessary anymore. Yeah. And so it, yeah. it, it becomes and then I
1: let go of being the helicopter parent.
0: Yeah. I was, I was about to use that exact term. It's like, you know, you don't gotta be a helicopter parent once your child's in college, you know, they'll reach out if they need you.
2: I don't quite know why too, but it, it feels Bo Peep feels so radical as well. I guess Bo Peep and you know her her posse they feel so radical in the sense that I would they say are more not...
0: tubular than radical. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, they felt they felt so interesting to me because they they expanded the world of. Uh, Of Toy Story in a way that I really didn't expect it would. Like the whole idea that a toy can exist and have an existence outside of a need for a kid. uh, You know, like we've already seen outside an existence of a need for one kid with the daycare stuff and three. Mm -hmm. But this Mm – this like – represents a, a sense of humanity to these toys that I don't think I ever. <laughs> it, it really uh,
3: kicks that door. <laughs> it really kicks that door open because like the Toy Story franchise has long kind of tread lightly on some of these themes about like what it means to be an object and what it means to be like this tied to these children and it's tiptoed around it, I think three kind of kind of really maybe went like ankle deep, and this film just full on just jumps in, and so like mm-hmm. i i was I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about how like there's there is potentially a lot of existential crisis going on for a lot of parents watching this film with their children and thinking like, what is my child gonna think?" of their own individual because like growing up as a kid, I think I was nine ish when I saw this film. So I was out of that stage of like having that kind of imagination of believing my, my toys had any kind of like real souls or anything like that. But we now have four films that basically establish that the toys that you own have souls and like live lives, fully realized lives outside of just you playing with them. And so that's what the fuck? Um, (laughs) That's agreed. That's really fucking scary. Uh, At least to me, at least to me as a non-parent currently, like I don't, I don't know what the fucking think of that. Like, like i can't imagine what i would think if i was a small child who watched for these films that basically established that my toys have like can you imagine the the crisis of like what a parent would feel like when a child like decides that a th- this podcast specifically went into the fact that like his child had a cheeto that the kid was convinced was, like, a toy and had its own life and everything like that. And that he had to eventually, like, throw it in the in the garbage disposal and, like, dispose of it because it got to the point where it was a little bit unsanitary and it was obviously stale. I was so, worried
0: that that story was going to end with the child eating the Cheeto and then crying yeah. forever.
3: Yeah, and that, See? Well, and that's... That's that's the kind of reality that that this film definitely like swims in, and well, I I'm, think
0: to my mind, I think <clears throat> that these movies kind of operate at the level of what a child who is thinking about these things would come up with, and I think that things like that are interesting, but they're they're, they're filtered through an adult perspective. But really, like, sure. I I like the fact that this movie as viewed by a child gives credence and kind of bolsters the concept of like, yes, these objects that you have that seem frivolous Mm -hmm. are actually that important. And like Mm -hmm. this relationship that you have where you care for them so much might be in some way reciprocated by them. I would like, I was thinking of all the, the Forky esque things that I created like as a child. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking about the fact that like my daughter's probably going to make a bunch of them. Because everything in the world to her is something with, like, thoughts and feelings that she has to be conscious of. Um, someone asked me, like, you know, what's your daughter like? And I said, um, she's very caring and thoughtful. And they're like, well, how? Like, she's, she's not even three yet. Like, how can you know that? And I was like, here's a great story. We got a pet snake. It's a tiny little corn snake. I put it in its tank. And then she went in and she wanted to look at it. I said, no, 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 the snake is sleeping. And she ran, got a book, which she can't read, but sat down in front of the tank, started pretending to read the book to help the snake go to sleep. And then after like five minutes, stood up, shushed me, grabbed me by the hand, pulled me out of the room and closed the door. (laughs) Like, that's the kind of person that she is. And I, I like the idea of like her being able to see these movies when she's perhaps a little bit older. And being able to be given that sense of like I said, like a reciprocation like that that all of these feelings and emotions that you're pouring towards these things are are real and honest, and then being able to use these stories as a conduit to give lessons both to children and honestly to parents about about playtime and and like tactile i don't know interaction with these these toys it's it's a very as a person who was, I think, when did the first Toy Story come out? 95?
3: Yep, Ninety-five. Yep. So I was like
0: seven. No. Yes, seven or eight. I mean, like I have really grown up with these these movies, and it's uh it's been crazy the way that they they have in a way that very few other properties have like grown with and adapted with and reflected my own journey through life. Mm-hmm. To an almost uncanny degree,
2: <laughs> I think I, I think you're getting at something really interesting, um, in the sense of the idea of how adults are viewing, you know, even someone like Forky and the oh, no. how he's becoming an existential meme, but to a child, it's it's obviously. Uh, I'm not going to condescend to an hypothetical what? child, but their view of that is not existential angst. <laughs> for instance, I, I, I thought uh, Javeling at uh, at the at the Week actually wrote about this. She was saying how it's a horror movie for adults kids, it, the horror is going to go right over their head. Mm-hmm. A- and, you know, they're obviously playing on horror. You know, you have the the puppets that look like Vincent or, or that are called Vincent and you could charitably compare it to Vincent Price. You have the, uh, you, you know, you have a few jump scares in here. Like it, it is very interesting the idea of, I, I guess – a question that I've continually been asking, which is, who is this for? And I, I guess that is what ultimately confuses me a little bit about where where this ends up, and and whether I think that this should exist or not, because because especially this ending, um, and the, with the what five post credit sequences, each um, better than the last. <laughs> The the five post-credit sequences, like – this is going to sound really weird but I was talking about this with, uh, with my uh, partner that in a way those post-credit sequences almost cheapened the final moments of that for me. Like the final moments where Woody is leaving those toys and just then to see like a glimpse of their adventures, like it's cool – but it, it also, in a way, like, again, grips that finality away. I think
0: um, uh-huh. I think that's an interesting take. But I, I would disagree if <laughs> only because I think that it's important to see what he is spending his retirement doing to see that while his choice is more self-interested, it is not selfish. Like, he is still – he has found a new way to live his morality – uh-huh. We're talking about toys. Um, he's found a new way to live his morality and like his his ethics, but in a way that is more uh, pay it forward, future looking than just like myopically attaching to a child and trying to be there for them.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But did that feel final to you? I feel
0: like. Well, he's he's gonna live forever. You know how long it takes plastic to decay? I mean, there is no, <laughs> there is no finality. Um he's he's going but to three, always have a finality. But the finality I, I'm, I'm was sorry. still he's gonna be played with forever. Sure. And sure. so in this case it's
3: He's he's gonna go on to have more adventures. Right. right? Like that's that's yeah, the idea that, of the finale of yeah. number three. Sure. What were you gonna say, Monica?
1: Oh, no, the same. Yeah, like the adventure continues.
0: Right. So it's it's almost like at the end of like a, a kung fu movie or something where it's like the hero has won in this town and will go to seek out new adventures elsewhere where he could be helpful. I, mm-hmm. think, I think the finality is him giving up on the concept of being a one child toy. Sure. And instead turning his life towards this kind of service of helping toys who want to serve find a place to serve
1: mm-hmm
0: it's um so like you know and that that necessitates that he will continue to be in new situations and stuff but it it, it, it feels like this could be what he does for the rest of his life existence
3: mm-hmm. I, so okay uh damn it michael you <laughs> you're you're <laughs> rambling was so long that i wanted to interject towards one point and then now i've completely forgotten what you were saying so damn it um, i talked about so, a horror movie and who is this for <laughs> oh oh, okay it, yeah who is this for so i mean we gotta ask ourselves like what this is the 25th anniversary of toy story right if if or close to 20 close what 22 OK, OK. Close to. So, I mean, any film franchise that has lasted as long as this has and only has four of these things, you have to question what any of this is for, right? Like like who would sure. this be aimed at? And so are you like – I mean if you listen to – animation directors and writers and and the people behind the scenes you will hear one thing repeated over and over i don't make movies for children i make them because i enjoy them i want to make a movie that i would enjoy and it just happens to be like i think maurice Sendak even even said this famously Mm -hmm. like okay cool but also uh, some of the animators that have That worked on this film, some of the creative people behind this film more than likely watched Toy Story as a child. That's a freaky thing. It's it's the same thing that's kind of happening with Star Wars and some of these other franchises that have been around for so long that there's generations that have grown up and and then become – people behind the scenes of these films like i'm, so I'm is-
0: 32 now and if if i had any artistic ability and wanted to get into animation as a child because of this movie i could conceivably be i don't know mid-level at pixar
3: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and that's, so that's
1: so uncommon i mean you know thinking about like something like doctor who or you know anything that's mm-hmm. run on long enough even star trek sure. uh yeah yeah or James Bond, if we
3: want to just keep it to movies. I, I, I think, mean it, it is it is unique because this is the only the fourth iteration of this. Sure. Because it feels like like, whoa, you know, twenty five ish years and they've only made four of these things. But I mean, that's both good and bad, right? That's, sure. that's a good thing that Pixar has at least held back enough to only make four of these fucking things. Whereas we have like how to train your dragon five coming out and you know, all these other things, but at the same time and not, not to throw shade at the how to train your dragon series and whatever, <laughs> but you know, sure. they've, they crank those suckers out. Um, But at the same time, it's kind of interesting because Pixar has now gained this reputation that maybe it is primarily a sequel factory to their original like five or seven big hits, right? Um, they've already done Monsters University. They've already done Nemo. They've done multiple Toy Stories. They've done Incredibles two. Game Incredibles two. Cars. cars. Uh, yeah, yeah, we don't three have to cars. Cars. I I think I think the main impetus behind Cars ever being a franchise is uh, is gone. Um, thankfully. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to think of like. How many franchises only have four of these things over a twenty-five year span? That is also primarily sold and aimed at kids, but adults are now like wise enough to be like, "Oh, my kid wants to go see this? Hell yeah, I'll go see this." Yeah, they've been they've been pretty they've tempered
0: the their releases. I mean, like Pirates of the Caribbean is a series that is six years younger than Toy Story Mm -hmm. and has more movies in it. Yeah. You know? yeah. so like i I feel they've, like
3: they've rebooted Spider man two <laughs> times <laughs>
0: <laughs> that 's a good point
2: i guess my i guess my thing is then you're you are right it, it is a testament then to the, the 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 consistency of this series that i i 'm even saying this, but I think it's just maybe it 's just in comparison to so many of these other series that so rarely have any sense of finality or any sense that, sure. you know, a story is coming to an end. This is one that has on multiple occasions seemed like it could have a logical endpoint. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not saying that I'd be mad, you know, if we get uh Toy story five in the vein of fast five and it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a crazy heist movie. You know, c- considering Indiana. some of the stunts, in it, we're already well on our way.
0: <laughs> the Rock is in it for some reason. <laughs>
1: oh, man. The return um, of Duke Kaboom! <laughs> yes. yes.
2: I, but, but yeah, I, I guess that's the thing is I, I, I don't necessarily want it to become that. And I think it's just there, – there was just something disheartening and symbolic in that post-credits to me that felt – maybe it's just because I'm associating that with – You know the post credits industrial complex that we (laughs) maybe because you have no no.
0: joy in your life.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I think I think I think you are touching on something though because like there is this continuous fear that that most a a lot of critics especially maybe some film goers have going on right now where they're just like okay cool but like are any of these things actually going to end. And so we kind of saw that with Avengers Endgame, right? Um, we haven't very really kind of, yeah, sort of kind <laughs> of, right? I mean, other adventures will be had, but for that main cast and crew, hopefully, that is kind of their their swan song. For three and so,
0: people in it, <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it is interesting because, like. Every time a new franchise is either rebooted or a number six is announced, it's just like this big sigh of just like, really? Because increasingly, so often we associate the sequelitis thing to lessening like quality and stuff like that, which is why I think so many people after number three were like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why, why are you making number four? Like number three was so satisfying. And then we got number four and now people are going to be like, M- maybe I want number five. Like, I don't, I don't even know what to think anymore. You know, well, like, here's
0: my thing. The, things. the issue with, with creating a sequel is, are you, telling a continuation or just another story like mm. and and i mm-hmm. feel as though these toy story films have always been very good at being honestly continuations you know this yes. movie doesn't begin with andy turning around and saying actually bonnie fuck you i want my toys back <laughs> so that they can all go to college you know like <laughs> which would be fun. i want
3: that movie i want that
0: movie <laughs> The toys having to like live in Andy's dorm room and being like, "What is he doing?"
3: <laughs> he never did this with other Pixar's ladies? first
0: R-rated film, um, and then and and so for instance, like this movie, you know, it brings back Bo Peep, but she's not like having been lived living in a, in another little girl's room. Like she has changed, she has altered, and the greatest. Testament to that is the fact that she convinces Woody to change what had been an implacable part of his self and his self worth so that he can come with her. And he gives up his voice box which is the part of the movie that got spoiled for me by a children's book. I was going to say okay. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, that's uh it, when when I realized that she Gabby Gabby and we haven't really talked about like this this whole antique store sequence which is just horrifying and fascinating and just thrilling. Chef's kiss like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, brilliant. Um but when she's and it it is it does not take long for her to start pointing and showing and like vincent like reaches for it at one point early on in the film and i was like holy fuck they are literally talking about like taking that fucking thing out of him like like it's sewn in i was like what Mm -hmm. is going on in this movie so yeah and that furthers you know I, I was also listening to a podcast, and they were talking about how uh, the SID creature – or SID creature. Oops. Uh, <laughs> SID yeah, character. I got dark. The Sid, yeah, SID character was it, it, like they mentioned a couple of things a they mentioned that that is like that whole sequence with the mutated dolls and stuff like that is really like horrifying for a lot of kids and oh, that man. that was one of the few things like few parts where they actually had to like fast forward for their daughter and <laughs> you know like maybe they're censoring maybe above and beyond but you know i i i can understand why yeah, that I get would it. happen <laughs> right um but they were also mentioning like hey he was also like being creative and the film paints him almost as a villain in a way because hey,
0: he's now, creative. wait uh, hey, no, so, is on, on, on. there's there's between now he's not creative cuz the toys have to rebuild themselves
3: no uh
1: did we forget the firecracker part
0: yeah he's he's a sadist and these toys are just making the best of a bad situation i I, I am
3: not here for the
2: resurrection of sid i i I, (laughs) I saw this on twitter today and was very scared he cannot be reclaimed so
3: so, okay hold hold on so so that's that's one thing that i wanted to kind of mention was yes i think they are forgetting the fact that like he is breaking toys apart a lot He's of times, burn a hole like, through Woody's head. Yes, like he is—he is sadistic. So let's steal
1: dolls from his sister.
3: <laughs> so he let's take the off. I
1: gotcha. I got it. Yeah, not cool. Yeah, the only thing worse than
0: Bill mansplaining Pixar shorts to his girlfriend <laughs> is him trying to stand up for Sid.
3: I did not stand up for Sid. That's not what I'm doing. That was what the podcast. <laughs> was doing. Um, Name them. Yes. And we uh, will face them. I can't remember, to be honest with you. I think it, I think mm. it might have I like been a pop culture happy hour, I think. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. um, but, Slate, yeah.
0: of course. I,
3: yeah, it might have been Slate as well. Their wait, is was that?
0: Shit. No, wait. Pop culture happy hour is NPR. It's NPR. NPR. NPR.
2: It's
3: NPR. We also
2: yeah. just had Ingu on and she was lovely.
0: <laughs> oh, that's true.
1: <laughs>
0: I think that she would she not put up them. with Sid's shenanigans. <laughs>
2: I've
1: been on Pop Culture Happy Hour. <laughs> uh, but, uh, been anyways. on the
0: enemy's side. All right, so you, wait, you've been to Pop Culture Happy Hour. Defend them. How could they say something like <laughs> I've that? I've not
3: heard that episode know, yet. Let's, let's not throw stones before we figure out who was actually saying it. I'll, anyway, Bill, what was, what was the point yeah. you were trying to make? <laughs> I was I'm trying to mention about like the horror aspect and, and how they have kind of dabbled in that here and there. But wait. this... That whole sequence really feels like it's just going over, and I was just fascinated by it. I had forgotten I had that forgotten. they had those kind of roots. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying up front about how
0: this like movie is is aesthetically obviously and technically more advanced, but like <clears throat> the weirdness has always been there. Yeah, and the yeah. thought put into it.
1: Yeah, the 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 character of the collector in the second one is just so both creepy and sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yeah, and then the third one is obviously that you know last scene uh, where they all kind of say goodbye to each other and the emotions come out. Yeah. I don't think there's a shortage on dark moments in this series.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what I was going to say about the voice box related to um, Michael's questioning of the necessity is that so in Iron Man 3, Tony Stark is like, I don't need this light up thing in my chest. I am so sorry, Marvel nerds. I don't know enough about Marvel. The light. The
3: the arc arc. arc reactor.
0: (laughs) That's right. I don't need this arc reactor. I'm taking it out. I'm blowing up all the Iron Man suits. Arc
1: Reactor, yeah.
0: Peace out. That's a series wrap on Tony Stark until the very next movie when I will have even better suits Mm -hmm. and a new Arc Reactor, I think. I can't remember. That is like the type of bullshit that these Toy Story movies do not truck in. Like, Woody's lost his voice box. He ain't never getting a pull string back, which is too bad for him because he uses that thing like Indiana Jones uses his whip hmm yeah so he's lost a lot and i believe that it's it's things like that and the like i said the, these movies aren't like ice age where like technically they're doing new stuff but it's always just kind of like loud slapstick uh-huh. these movies like i said have grown with me like they the each movie has told me something new and different about like life experience and the only way that that can happen is if they are maturing as well as, as me maturing and changing as well.
3: One thing I thought was really interesting about this film that kind of struck me, I have seen it twice by now, um, is the forcefulness that some of the characters like take and their actions. Um, it kind of starts off early with uh, Woody... Um, jumping in Bonnie's bag to follow her to kindergarten when he's basically been expressly told by like other characters not to do that. Mm -hmm. um, And he's just like, fuck it. Like I'm going to do this. And then when like he sees that she's crying and alone and like doesn't have anything to play with because the other kid with the apple decides to like take her, (laughs) her, uh, pencils and yeah, doesn't like a real piece of shit yeah um i don't like that kid and i thought he threw away some of the uh pencils at first to just kind of like flicker off even more <laughs> but then when i watched it the second time i noticed like he spits out the apple and the apple hits the pencils and the pencils fall in and i was yes. like oh okay less of a he's piece not of just shit.
0: being but, a dick
1: yeah less of a piece of <laughs> shit so, but so kind of yeah not nice yeah.
0: yeah
3: still still not nice. he's um, thoughtless,
0: but he's not the most sadistic genius in the entirety of kindergarten.
3: exactly exactly right um so i was I was watching that, and I was struck by like Woody's actions there, which like really puts him at risk and in danger of like being found out right like aren't supposed to be animated, <laughs> and uh he's just doing all of these things being very reckless and this whole film feels like all of the characters just being this radical reckless mess of kind of characters in a way in their actions where like um Jesse is it jesse that's the uh the the female cowboy yes, if i'm not yes and she she like decides to say fuck it and uh puts a hole in the car, uh in the car tire, right? And like yeah, and that they take whole over sequence. The car to, and- yeah, like all of that stuff. And it even struck me when like uh the, the plush rush and they're doing like all of these different <laughs> ideas of like how to get the key, how to get the key, how to get the key, right? And then what do you find out? She just put them right there because that's where the keys always go. And you're just like, and so, for me, watching this film, and I don't know if it's nostalgia for having seen the other f- films like not that long- or uh not recently, but I don't remember that kind of forcefulness throughout the film. I remember it when they get desperate for Sid to like you know show him up a little bit, but they don't mm-hmm. do that at any other point that I'm aware of, and so. It just struck me that like this film is so radically different in that way that it kind of shows like they've gotten to a point where they're just not giving a fuck almost, I guess. I I don't know how to even explain it beyond just like they're becoming more and more forceful and more and more brave almost as we've gone along through these iterations. They are evolving into trickster gods. (laughs) I I, think there's something I read
1: one
2: Monica please go ahead
1: oh just I read a really funny just random take on Twitter which uh, everything that happens in this movie is because Woody doesn't listen to other people Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's a a, a lot, just like going through life without actually taking into consideration other people's feelings or feedback whether for good or for you know worse
3: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, would Bonnie have adjusted to life in kindergarten if he hadn't like thrown her some pencils and and Forky the spork and all of these other things? Yeah, probably she would have adjusted. So, you know, this whole adventure may not have ever happened if he had just let Buzz take a watch. I don't know what the fuck that was about, but, uh, you know, like well, he felt responsible for Forky. Responsible yeah yeah but ones he, he literally help <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I, I i I think there is something to be said for what you're saying about that, that that physicality though bill and 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 I think there is something i mean i think it's a partly a new creative team i i mean when you even think about how you know they go back and forth between the carnival and the antique store. And the RV and the way that it's, you know, almost like cross cutting between those things. Like it should be repetitive. It should feel redundant, but there's like such a sense of like speed and momentum to it that, uh, but speed and momentum, but also like a weirdness, so it doesn't necessarily feel like you're on autopilot. And I think that was in some of the other ones. Like if you go back to Toy Story three or even the first Toy Story, there there's certainly a sense that it's you know it's like a a snowball rolling at a certain point. But but this is a lot more. I I, I mean it's it's weirder moment to moment, but it's also just weirder structure-wise to me um, I, in a way that I can't quite uh, put my finger on. But, but it's it's weirder, but then it's also very neat uh, in the way that something that seems so chaotic when you have so many uh, characters that have so many different – or excuse me, different priorities are coming together and then – you need the RV to get back into a a place at this exact time. And just the coordination that's required here uh, feels a lot different than some of the set pieces of the, uh, the other films. So uh, yeah. So I guess the long and short of it is I I definitely felt like this was, uh, this was coming from people with a different eye towards this series.
1: And it could be that the, You know, the software, the technology has caught up to such a point that visually it's been able to experiment and do a lot of things. Like uh, one of the things that really struck me was the lighting in this movie Mm It's so different than the other Toy Story movies. I mean, there's this soft focus there that I was stunned. It just made me... You know, lift me with my jaw hanging out because I just couldn't believe, like, wow, that Ferris wheel looks amazing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The chandelier sequence.
1: The chandelier (laughs) sequence is gorgeous. Even that moment where he's, you know, in the rain, just like laying there, and you just see this look of sadness and terror in his face, and you have all these pretty lights scattered about. What a beautifully tragic moment. Thank you, Pixar. <laughs>
0: yeah. I feel like I should be saying something to rebut what Michael said. Um, I, I was saying positive things. <laughs> was it? It just feels like <laughs> you felt like you were going about it in like a very circuitous sort of What is circuitous? undermining <laughs> so way. I don't even know. Because like no, I agree with everything th- you're I saying. He- like, Go ahead. Go ahead
3: i was gonna say i think i think overall his his point was good his point was <laughs> that this movie is good that there is a new creative team and that gives it kind of a fresh new flavor so
0: which is true and and what monica said actually about this soft focus was something that i noticed i was like this really does feel like they've taken this this has a I can't think of the word for it. It's aesthetically like reaching into some kind of different era, like some
2: sort of new plane for what they're doing. That antique shop. What was that? Especially in that antique shop. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like you could see the details of dust in the air, uh, you know, in the corners. I like you just never felt that detailed before. The
0: cat. Mm-hmm. is yes. Staggeringly real. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's still a cartoonish way, but yes. the Even the whole motions and the way that it coughs up uh, Giggles McDimples and then hisses at Woody on its way
3: out. It's I really love, good. I, I love that you remembered her name. That's awesome.
1: Well, it actually came she, up in my interview with uh, Stephanie Folsom because I asked her about some of the new toys that she invented and, and Giggles uh-huh. was one of the ones that she you know, had a lot of fun with because they kind of came up with like, the The prompt was, well, what is the smallest toy that we can have in this universe and then they came up with like a Polly pocket kind of uh figure, yes. and then they made her a cop, so she's <laughs> a really outsized personality and,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
1: even mm-hmm. though she sits on you know Bo Pete's shoulder and it's kind of the you know gal pal for <laughs> you know for her to catch up with so it fills she serves a purpose for the audience to be filled in about Bo Peep's feelings, but she's also, you know, a presence and part of the team and has all this extra stuff going on as well.
0: Yeah. I loved seeing her. I was like, Oh shit, it's Polly pocket.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There were a few times where I'm like, Oh my God, I remember that toy.
3: Um, And and she also, she also name drops he man and he man is in, is he in number three or number two? Like I I know there's like a strong man character in one of these films, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I think it's three,
0: yeah. It might be. Might be. I'm trying to. Okay. What was the name of the male version on. of Polly Pocket?
2: Oh, I don't remember that. It's like Peter Pocket.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> I. It, it was something dumb. He was like a weird action figure. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, yeah. and like all of his little playsets were skull. Oh, it's Mighty Max.
3: Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I know who you're talking about, and then, and then the big version of him, he's got like a big, big guy friend, I think.
0: I, that none of that sounds familiar to me at all. I can't
1: say my parents got me that. Mighty Max. nope Polly Pocket. Polly Pocket, I'm okay with. Yeah, pretty sure I had one of those rolling around. Yeah, and Mighty Max. for a while there, I couldn't get it because my mom was afraid. My sister is younger. So we can't have too small a toy lying around. Oh,
0: that makes sense.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> so Mike Max, he's like, he turns into like this big giant hulking dude. Uh, they made a TV series. Okay.
0: Um, I'm just talking about the little pocket. toy.
3: Yeah. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I watched that cartoon. So I, like when you were like, no. And I was like, I remember this though. Don't don't destroy my childhood.
0: <laughs> I, I 100% apologize.
1: We're all one step away from destroying someone else's childhood. Um,
0: um, I have a question for the group. Yes. Uh, do we feel that Gabby Gabby um, is redeemed, and is she worth
3: redeeming? This this is troubling, <laughs> especially having seen it twice now. I've had to like wonder this again and again. It it struck me when I watched it a second time that like nobody calls her evil until or n- none of the other toys call her evil. So like you hear, um, uh, why well, I can't remember anybody's name. Uh, the, the little cop, figure, the little cop, Giggles McDimples. Giggles. <laughs> and uh you hear bo peep and all of them are like she's weird she's strange she's odd i think she's called like an oddball at one point or an odd duck um they never describe her as evil and Mm -hmm. i think part of it is because we haven't seen her machinations of like what she's really after until woody comes into the picture right like like she wouldn't have any reason to act the way that she does towards Woody towards any of those other figurines or characters. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's really him that brings that out in her almost in a way. And yet like while she's getting no getting to know Forky, she ends up like using that information. Yes. For her own personal gain, but also like, in a touching way that's basically like look i've never had the opportunity that you've lived right and and who knows maybe that's not true maybe she broke it maybe it was broken you know whatever but ultimately No like,
1: she says it that she the, the the voice box was defective from the Sure from, she, she says that but like
0: don't, we don't I'm have saying, any reason
3: to to doubt No, her. No, yes, sorry, do I do not have a chance to fact check that one. Yeah, I'm. I'm always going to doubt, right? I'm always going to have that kind of internal, internal doubt. I don't know why, but um, <laughs> You're I'm just so
0: untrusting. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking toy is lying, man. I know it. This look, look, fucking toy you told is lying. Mike
3: Max what, didn't have like a cartoon <sighs> and like a big character, so I'm feeling really defensive right now. Okay. Um. Anyways. <laughs> uh. No, like it's it's interesting because I think that's she's it really is brought out in her like how how one-track minded she is when Woody comes into the picture. So, it's curious to to think like what what she had done before to kind of gain the reputation that she has. Not to say that like she isn't creepy to begin with and she's fucking Uh, ventriloquist dummies like whoa when they're introduced and they're like flopping about like dragging their legs i was like oh what is this film becoming so yeah she she keeps a interesting uh bunch of characters around her for sure
1: well i think her obsessive behavior about harmony and that sort of like desperation i i kind of saw her as this you know this sort of woman who uh feels like oh if she was only skinnier if she was only taller if she was only this thing that was out of her direct control that is what would make her happier that is how she would find someone and that's kind of how i interpreted gabby's thing it's not so much like you know that she's like, uh, purposely malicious or anything like that, but it's more, it's almost like a tragic figure. Like she's
3: just
1: has this warped point of view, this sensibility that if she were only perfect, she would have the perfect person, the perfect child. Um, so then it, it kind of reveals itself. Like that's not how it works. And I'm, I'm okay with the redemption arc. Like it was actually kind of good. I was, a little disappointed I wish it almost went a little farther and like here Woody here's your voice box back Mm -hmm. Uh, I I can do this on my own and maybe learn a little bit about self-acceptance but that's you know she she learns and she gets that chance at you know being loved by a kid
3: i um, it's, it's it's also woody showing like self-sacrifice in a way yeah. so it's 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 doing so much work all right. at once right like it's it's showing the audience that yes woody is an ass and like he's gone throughout this entire movie like like he, uh you had you had gotten that from like a tweet if yeah no, I'm not, okay like yeah. like okay and so like yeah that's a perfect summation of like this entire movie is like Woody doesn't listen to anybody like Bo Peep even goes off on him at one point and I'm like yes girl um, but, yeah cause she lost her sheep because of him yeah and then they broke his their fucking feet because of him too only one foot um,
0: they've got like 17 more sh- sh- <laughs>
3: I, I have Your to. Their names are pretty Go and Gruff. Yes, <laughs> um, <For> they're girls. <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, like, I mean, it's so interesting to think about in in that direction, right? Is mm-hmm. just like Woody doesn't listen to anybody, and this is the one time where he's listening. He's listening to what she's saying, and he's like, "Okay, I guess we can make this deal, right?" Like, and mm-hmm. sacrificing. So
2: Yeah. I was not expecting that we would earn the explicit tag this much on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) We
0: tend to curse
1: to duke (laughs) kaboom.
0: We tend to curse more on the children's episodes, and I haven't figured out why yet, but I will. (sighs)
3: Something
0: about (laughs) these fucking kids' movies, man. They just get my shit all riled up.
3: (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's because for two hours i can't i can't say shit or fuck or or any of those and so i get on the podcast and i'm like yay <laughs> liberated
0: that's 100 percent it um i i found i really liked what they did with with gabby gabby and and her being rejected by the person that she'd kind of been holding out hope for mm-hmm. and then having to learn I guess, to not, like, obsess over it and to pin all your hopes on it, but to be open to it and to put
2: yourself out there. By again. the way, that scene's played with really good comic timing by that kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great. It because, right. like, to us, it's a heartbreaking
0: <laughs> thing. To that kid, it's just a friggin' old doll that she doesn't want.
1: Right. Now you can feel bad about, you know, just throwing away toys like, oh, no, I don't want this one. <laughs> You broke I, their hearts.
0: <laughs> I lived, my parents were like, hey, man, can we give away some of these toys of yours? And I was like, uh, no, keep them for my daughter. But really, I cannot bear to see them go away.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> so outside, you were really like, no.
0: <laughs> but what's weird we're is for most own. of my daughter's toys, I'm like, we could totally get rid of this thing.
1: Sidebar: <laughs> Can I Monster. like give a shout out to the moment where Woody is trying to escape from, I think, the the Vincent dolls? He gets he gets his boot stuck in a typewriter. I thought that was a really nice like little thing for Tom Hanks because <laughs> he loves typewriters. typewriters. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha.
2: Okay. that's great. Yeah, I, I hadn't
0: I hadn't thought of that until you just brought it up. But
2: yeah, that's. <laughs> They're like, you know I what wait, Tom well, that's loves that's that, so that we've cute. never been able to give him. <laughs> I like where he's holding up the phone as well. I was like, oh, that looks
3: cool. <laughs> that's a
1: that, Mickey uh, Mouse phone. Oh, the exact pose that. that was like in this year's catalog for all of the '90s. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there were mm. so many Easter eggs in that scene. Like, oh yeah, know, the, the, lifted, the lifted, yeah, the thing, grape yeah. soda, the up, yeah, the up grape soda pop can, oh, yeah. can Yeah, there's so many. I think
1: there's a Godzilla toy when they're in like the club uh, about and to meet Duke ca- Kaboom. Can-
0: yes. <laughs> And it yeah. can't move its mouth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I
0: remember having dinosaur toys like that, like those weird injection molded plastic things.
1: Yes. And their mm-hmm. mouth is
0: just constantly open. And they're also hollow, so you can lose, like, change down their gullet. <laughs> uh, anyway, this movie's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there were any other things that I wanted to hit upon. Um, Actually, you know, Michael spent a lot of time trying to convince us this movie was bad by talking about the tags. What did we all think of Forky getting a Bride of Forky?
2: Well, he's going to have his own TV show soon, so I'm sure we'll see him more. Yeah, on Disney Plus. Or Disney whatever it's called. Disney Plus? Yeah, Disney Plus. It's a spin-off series with Forky. What well, do we think the continuing adventures
0: of Forky would look like?
1: <laughs> I don't know. What does the picture book tell us? <laughs>
0: okay, actually, that's a good question. It, it's a it's an interesting and and kind of fun book that I, after seeing the movie, was like, shit, maybe I should have gotten that for my daughter. Um, it's basically like because Bonnie made Forky the teacher's like, now everyone should make their own like Forky. So like the kids have a bunch of random stuff and they all make things and Forky has to like coach each of them through their own like weird existential crisis thing where their primary component seems to be driving them or (laughs) they are confused as to whether or not they are the real thing that they are representing. Mm. So like the one that sticks out most in my mind is there's a paperclip, or no, not a paperclip, like a, a clothespin shark that a kid made. You know, took a clothespin, yeah. colored it blue, put a, put a fin on it, and it keeps trying to eat Forky, but it oh. just it just keeps chomping on his popsicle stick.
1: Okay, that's kind of cute, though. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> book.
0: I gotta figure out uh, who who wrote and illustrated that book so I can do a plug for it it's. Did uh, anyone
2: cry when when Gabby Gabby took Woody's voice box? I need the kids. No.
3: I didn't oh. hear it.
2: How was that not seen? No, I meant in the book when you were at the Barnes and Noble. Oh, cause no. it's one of those, cause that
0: book was just one of those like, you know, 12 pager, like.
1: Here are the no, highlights.
0: Yeah. It was like, you know, and then Woody like went to the antique shop and Gabby Gabby was there and thought that no child would ever want her because she couldn't speak. And so Woody gave her his voice box and. You know, it skipped over a lot of the plot, but it still hit the beats. And I was like, that's weirdly specific and dark. That must be in the movie. God
2: damn it. (laughs) That's weird that they chose that part of the But All right.
1: (sighs) It's a pretty big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird to have it, you know, watered down so much. (laughs) And then in the movie, it's this big emotional thing like, oh, God. Um, Although, unfortunately, I will say in the my screening, I didn't hear many kids crying. It did get quiet when that happened. I think a few adults gasp. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, because the way that they show it is kind of freaky, where like he gets it removed and He's then like getting, it blacks he got out. Surgery.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: and then you <laughs> see the uh, the antique sewing machine.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his blurry vision comes into focus.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the the book. The non spoiler book is Toy Story Four Forky in Craft Buddy Day.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And is by Drew Daywalt.
3: What's what's the spoiler one though? What's the one we need to watch out for? This is <laughs> this is a this is a public service announcement.
0: I don't know. The I you know, that's a great question. <laughs> Which, you,
1: the Toy the Story spin? Four novelization, probably. Yeah.
0: There's Yeah, a, or
1: the picture book version of that.
0: Toy Story Four Little Golden Book, that might be it? Oh. <clears throat> Anything oh. I'm to-
1: glad that they're still making those. Like with the new movies.
0: Yeah. But you know, know it'll spoil is. the shit out of you, so be careful.
2: <laughs> Can I give one last uh disclaimer why it may why I may sound negative at times about this? Please do. I, I had a I had another bad theater experience.
3: <laughs> oh no. no. Not not this for is Toy in no Toy way Story surprises four. me
2: so it's it's been a little while since my last one. It was high life. Uh, I think I talked about it on here. <laughs> uh, I I had someone who was like, perf- I swear to I swear to God, it had to be like performative. It was like performative reactions to everything. <laughs> so anytime there was even something like remotely emotional, they would just be like, "No fork you!" <laughs> like, and they would do this for. Everything.
0: Michael, question. So was like, this a child?
2: No. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to shame any teenager who <laughs> was in a I, – I don't even have the color of their shirt, so it doesn't matter <laughs> – at the at the Landmark Century Theater in Chicago <laughs> uh, on a uh, – no, I'm done. Um, but yeah, no. So they had – insane exaggerated reactions to every single thing on screen and the person next to them who they would like want to get a reaction or validation from or some shit i don't know (laughs) just constantly was on their phone the entire time
0: so they weren't even paying attention to the friend who was clearly having some issues
2: but they never broke my rule (laughs) Which my rule is that it needs their phone needs to be out for a minute total before I become a jerk and say something. But they never had it out. <laughs> so I suffered. So this person a minute, a to minute total what is your rule. Unbroken. No, a minute total un unbroken. Yes, unbroken. I should I should lower yeah. that time. I you swear.
3: No, you should start turning that into cumulative time. <laughs> Because if they're only gonna have it out for forty five seconds, but do that forty five times, that's a lot of minutes,
2: yeah, that's true that's true I just true say I feel much better actually getting that out there
3: now. <laughs>
0: you've gotta we gotta just start every episode with, before oh, we gosh. get into our nutshell reviews. Let's see how Michael watched this movie, so we have Brian, context some, for his negative you had, reaction.
3: you've had some weird experiences as well,
0: but I usually don't let them color my view of the movie like I remember yeah. still giving a decent rating to the accountant even though a family walked in clearly thinking that it was a trailer for the five minutes <laughs> <laughs> that was a good time um, there was a person who sounded like they were dying of the plague in my theater okay. uh, otherwise my theater was uh, calm and engaged and I'm, uh, I'm not I'm not pleasure. familiar
3: with uh, the sounds of the plague can you reenact that for me all
0: right I'm gonna lean back <laughs> no. from the microphone though oh, <sighs> <no>. <sighs> It was that once every twenty minutes. Uh, um, oh, I hated that. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It wasn't great.
3: It would have broken Michael's rule. You would have complained about them.
0: Monica, how did how was your audience? Since this is apparently what we're talking about now.
3: My,
1: I don't know. My audience was good. Uh, well, generally well behaved. And granted, I saw that my second screening of Toy Story Four was at like nine o'clock at night, so there weren't any kids there there was it was pretty packed just you know people on dates
3: couples oh
1: uh God. older
3: families Yeah, I've 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 made that mistake before, where you're like, you know, I want to see this kids movie, but I don't want to deal with the kids. Let me go see it late at night. I think I went to like a ten thirty showing of some kids movie, and there was kids (laughs) everywhere. I was like, what? I I went to a
1: movie theater that serves like alcohol at your seat, so they generally have a policy that it isn't kid friendly. And then you know, for Toy Story, and all the other screenings are kid friendly. And then the nine o'clock one said not kid-friendly, so...
2: X-rated. Um, yeah. what, we, we, we'll what is curse, a Toy Story-themed yeah. just... drink? <laughs> is it, was oh, there a man. Toy
1: Story-themed drink? Was there one? I'm trying I to remember. Don't... It was a oh. bunch of different drinks, but it, yeah, it probably did. They do have themed drinks for the <laughs> yeah, new releases.
3: Was, I, was, I was disappointed. Alamo did not have any that I that I saw. So. Really? That's so weird. Did did there,
0: you could, you could do like a cock-sucking cowboy maybe? <laughs>
3: Uh, it is it is weird though because Alamo has this weird thing with uh, Disney films because they serve alcohol they don't do a lot of like or they rarely if ever do any preview screenings because Disney's pretty adamant that like if you serve alcohol that we don't want to have like a preview screening at huh. your theater so
1: they do which, they had a special fan event at. The draft house here in Brooklyn on Thursday night, mm-hmm.
3: I think.
1: And then that you know you got like a special commemorative glass. When oh yeah, with. yeah.
3: I've seen yeah. the glass. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. Okay. Anyways, I don't was, know. Uh, I went. I went to see statement.
0: Sicario at nine o'clock one night, and it was it was filled with children. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Sicario. So Dave the Soldado.
1: Oh no! Even it was, worse.
0: It was a. Um, I mean, they loved it. The whole family loved it. There was a. It was a really nice. It was like a, a mother and a father and their four children, three or
2: four. I can't remember. Um, Still don't regret walking out on that. Fifteen minutes in. <laughs> I remember I sat next. I to I wish them. I
1: walked out of that.
0: <laughs> I sat next to them. They said "Hola," and I said "Hello," and we we sat there. You know, and enjoyed the hell out of that movie. It's very weird.
1: Yeah.
2: You seem to have a lot of experiences with the Latino or Hispanic people. <laughs> I live here. in a super diverse community. Okay. All right.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's good. I'm not saying <laughs> – that's just surprising. Brian, you may want to take some Spanish lessons.
0: I yeah. took five years of Spanish and can't remember anything. That's I, actually I not true. I did too.
3: I'm I, – I- not five years. So.
0: I understand it very well. Um, I cannot speak it to save my yeah. soul. I I dated a, a woman from Puerto Rico. I mm-hmm. would go hang out with her father because he was awesome and we liked to watch soccer or as he called it, football. And, um, football. <laughs> and it was funny because every time that she would get in an argument with her parents, they would devolve into just speaking Spanish and I would... I would understand every word of it and then they would turn to me for my my input and I would just say C and then everyone would laugh and the tension would break and we'd go back to watching soccer. Um <laughs> good times. Uh any final thoughts on Toy Story 4? <laughs>
2: <four>? mm, good. <laughs> Cool, it's, cool. it's it's a good it's a good movie. I I don't know if I want Toy Story five.
0: I don't think I want Toy Story five either. But I I I am I don't know. It's if it's like a decade from now and they're like, hey, we've got an idea. Here's the teaser trailer. It involves I don't know, sting, like a a Mad Maxian future world, but it's actually just <laughs> a, a dump. I think that could be mm-hmm. funny. So just Wall-E. Yeah, but it would be toys and they would have weapons. The way weapons. you said
3: that both doubled as you saying it as Wally and also like drawing it out.
0: Wally, Yeah. There
3: you go. <laughs> that was amazing, Michael. Good,
0: Good work. Um so that's it for today. Uh hopefully everyone has enjoyed this R-rated discussion of the G-rated <laughs> Toy Story 4.
3: Take a shot. yeah
2: pour yourself something (laughs) you're gonna need it we're
0: not allowed to drink on this podcast anymore (laughs) anyway uh monica thank you so much for joining us and putting up with us again
1: oh i had fun that's good
0: (laughs) still still shocking to hear from every guest we've ever had i don't get it but i'm glad that you found it to be fun that's it for today ladies and gentlemen at home uh as always you can find us on twitter at film stage show facebook the film stage show don't forget to go to mubi.com/filmstage slash film for your free 30-day trial of movie where you can watch an interesting sounding short film about elvis presley as well as the full cha uh, what do you call it when there's just two movies
3: duology saga
2: by never mind <laughs>
0: <laughs> from steven soderbergh as well as uh like someone in love from Abbas kiristami and those two uh super cool old black and white talkies from uh, alfred hitchcock again that's Is mu. it
3: diptych it might be right? diptych no I mean, it's duology like i i look at voodoo enough they have weird <laughs> shit like that Voodoo the the movie app like streaming. Service. Okay, <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Thank you for the context. I was confused. Um, we got to get out of here. It's yes. it's almost ten o'clock where I live. Um, oh. That's that's all. That's it. It's over. Uh, let's uh, let's tell the fine people at home where you can be found between now and the next time. We'll start with our guest Monica.
1: You can find me on Twitter at mcasty movies, and you can also follow me on uh, Cherry Picks where I'm feature editor uh and so lots of my writing and um publishing other writers there
3: all right bill graham uh you can find me on twitter at cablebfg, and mainly i just live here in the cyberspace of the podcast world strange okay uh like a else that's what i'm going
2: with okay uh yeah i'm, I'm michael snidell you can find me on twitter at at snidell uh i'm on i uh post things on letterbox i've also been writing lately i wrote a review for the film stage about wild rose i also wrote uh two other reviews for the spool one about the film funan and a second one about uh being frank so you can check out all of those. Uh, My links links to those are also available on my Letterboxd.
0: All right, you can find me on Letterboxd, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, basically every possible social media thing, at Brian J. Rowan. My personal site is BrianJRowan.com. You can find my writing, as well as every episode of this show at TheFilmStage.com. So thank you so much. Join us next week, when we will be talking about yesterday. No.
2: <laughs> but Michael, again. But Michael, Try yesterday,
0: <laughs> everybody knew the Beatles.
2: Brian, we Today, talked about this. Try again.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I legitimately can't remember. What, oh, oh, last, uh, last black man in San Francisco.
2: Yes.
0: Yes. Okay, great. My joke superseded actual <laughs> reality. Yes, we will be talking about the last black man in San Francisco. So look forward to that. Um, that is all for today, however. So thank you for joining us and tune in next time. And
3: I